Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Good morning, Life in the Sun. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> it only happen, happens once a year, right? Amen. You know, this morning as we were worshiping, you know, it, it's funny how God just uh, sets everything up for his word, for his his presence this morning was here already. And there's one thing that is going to ring through, I think, this whole message this morning is the goodness of God. Amen. We heard it right from the beginning that God is good, right? So I want you guys to keep that at the forefront of today's message because the subject of today's message may actually tempt us to think contrary, right? And so today's uh, subject also is the way that God helps us see whether or not he is good. Because you have to have some kind of, uh, uh, what's the word? Test, right? Who likes tests? <laughs> Eric, of course. <laughs> He's like the only one in here. <laughs> But the reality is, is most of us don't like tests, right? We, we, we either abhor them or we avoid them or, uh, you know, fill in the blank. We, we, we don't like tests. But I think you're going to learn today that tests are actually good. They're valuable. And it's a tool that God uses not for his sake, but for our sake. Amen. Because the test is for us. We, we need an answer, right? Just like the, you know, because of course, when we think about tests, we think about the handwritten, you know, everybody sits down and, and busts out their, pe their number two pencil, make sure everything is sharp and they got their pencils lined up and they got everything set and they start the test, right? But I want to present an attitude of heart for you, you guys today is being prepared for that test. And we're not talking, obviously, number two pencil fill-in-the-blank tests. These tests are real. They come at us every single day. They can come at us in many different forms. They can come, uh, you know, as, as simple irritations, right? Driving down the road, waking up in the morning could be an irritation. <laughs> but it could also be other things, you know, on a full scale of range all the way to you know, possible tragedies that happen in our families, happen with our friends, and, uh, you know, things that sometimes we can't explain. And we stand before God, and we actually use the most common prayer that we ask God all the time is, why? You know, why does this happen, or why does that happen? Why, why are you testing me like this, God? Amen? So let's dive into this message, but before I do, let's pray together. Amen? Father, we come before you this morning, and we're just always amazed at who you are. We're amazed that you actually want to spend time with each and every one of us. You want to teach us your ways. You want to show us how to be successful. You want to show us how to enter into the goodness and the blessings that you have presented for each one of us, Lord. You've made a, a present and a package out of each and every one. And, Father, we come to, before you this morning so that we can receive that package. And, Father, let 
this message today be your words and your words alone, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we're talking about faith and testing. And how many of you guys know that the two go hand in hand? Right? They have to because faith is a gift that God gives us in small measure, but it's something that he wants us to obviously grow into, right? So I know for myself, uh, when I was starting out in, in college and taking tests, there was, uh, there, there's always that, that trepidation, that moment when we step into the classroom and we ask ourselves, am I ready? Am I ready to sit down and actually take, take this test? And, uh, you know, I remember one particular test was math. And I, I think I've shared with you before how much I love math. Okay? That's probably why I keep talking about it. But, like, well, okay, I'll get to the other one in a second. But anyway, this math test, right? Because math is like one of those things that for me, okay, I know there's other people out there that are like, oh, yeah, snap, snap. You know, I, I, get, I get the whole equation thing, and it's, it's easy, man. And I remember people mentoring me, you know, with that math equation stuff and all the, the algebra. And, you know, thank you to the, those folks that came up with algebra a long time ago in the Middle East. But anyway, I, I'm like, I don't get this, right? I would, I would my... Cindy would hear me complaining all the way in the study, you know, who came up with this stuff? It's like, it's Greek to me, right? You look at a X minus Y divided by pi and all this stuff, and, you know, all I want to do is go eat pie. So <laughs> that doesn't work. But I'm looking at this going, who came up with this? You know, how many are, are with me in math, right? Okay, amen. <laughs> how many love math? Eric. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> so, but the reality was, is I was somewhat prepared, right? Because you can, if you don't understand something, if you don't grasp it, it doesn't matter how much you study for that test, you're going to struggle when you sit down, right? And, and I remember this test, and it was, uh, uh, oh, sorry, I can't do that. Our, our particular professor that, that we had at this time was, uh, you know, he was very gracious, very understanding. In fact, he probably gave me way too much time. And he, he allowed me to take his time. I was like the only person left. And I'm in the back corner just going at it, and I'm looking up, and he's like, it's okay, I'm still here. <laughs> and the class is two and a half hours long. So, you know, we have our, our introductions, and, you know, this is what we're going to be tested on today. Get out your stuff, blah, 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 blah. So, two and a half hours later, I'm, it's, okay, you guys are going to laugh. It's a 15-question test. Two and a half hours later, I'm on question number five. <laughs> this is how bad this is for me, you know, because how many people know, like, with algebra, it's not just one question. It's like every question has, like, 20, because you got to, Show your work. Everything's got to be stretched out and written out in long form so that they know that you know what you know that you should know, but you end up not knowing. <laughs> okay. So we're going to get into the purpose of tests later, but that's really it. God wants us to know what we don't know but should know, but end up knowing that we don't know. 
right? Because it, the knowledge of him is what it means to walk in faith. It's that first step because, you know, that faith that he initially gives to us is planted as a seed. And its intent is to grow. Amen? So let's just go ahead and get into the scripture. I'm not going to read through everything. Uh, I think most people understand the, uh, uh, this story. But, oh, sorry, I put this one first. Yes, yes, let's do this. So test, all right? It's the means by which the presence, quality, or genuineness of anything is determined. A means of trial to put under severe strain. In fact, in the Old and uh, New Testaments, the words uh, for test are translated to mean to prove by trial. So that's why you, you commonly see the, the words testing and trial interchanged or even mentioned right next to each other because one is the actual thing that's happening and the other is the means by which they come. So our trials are the way that we are tested. Okay, so I know, you know, thank you, Pastor Terry, for, you know, really capturing what God is going to do today because, again, remember, God is good. And these tests come to prove that you can make it, not to prove that you can't. Amen? Because the enemy is the accuser. Keep that in, in your for forefront, too. The enemy is the accuser. Okay, we can echo the enemy's words to ourselves if we so choose. But again, God said in his word, choose life. Amen. Choose words that are going to encourage you. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to try to build up your heart and, and your mind in the way that you think about tests and trials so that you don't fear them. In fact, God wants us to be able to pass them with joy confidently, knowing that he builds us into these tests. Because his word also says that uh, there is no test that he has not prepared us for. In fact, he's provided a way of escape for everyone. In fact, he's given us the provision to pass each one because it's common for all of us. So let's go ahead and read this, the, the scripture. So what this, I'm not, like I said, there's a lot of, lot of words here. I think it goes through actually 19 verses. But what this story is, is the, uh, the story of Abraham and God calling Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. So in a nutshell, Abraham receives a message from God to go ahead and take his son up to the mountain and sacrifice him. So Abraham promptly obeys. He gathers the necessary materials, the wood, Isaac, they put everything onto a donkey and he tells Isaac, we're going to go up to the mountain and sacrifice. And, of course, they get up to the mountain, and Isaac's like, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says something very specific. He says, the Lord will provide. So there was test number one that we kind of see where that question came from Isaac. Because you got to remember, Isaac at this time, uh, you know, most... Most storytellers that we hear, especially, you know, in Sunday school, they, they kind of show Isaac as this little boy that we think, you know, you can just kind of move around and, and do it yourself, right? But the reality was, was that he could have been between the ages of 15 and 30 at this time. 
And here he is willingly laying down now on the bed of wood. And he's trusting his father. So sometimes we get caught up in the faith of Abraham. What about the faith of Isaac? Right? Okay, Dad, I trust you. Because think about it. He's heard all the stories. He's been in Abraham's presence. He's been with Dad for a long time. Enough time for him to learn his own father is faithful to the call of God. And then we see that uh, at the time that Abraham goes to sacrifice Isaac, and he actually puts the knife to Isaac's neck. And it was an angel that spoke from heaven that says, Stop. You have proven that you are willing to give up your only son, your only begotten son. Does that sound familiar? Jesus was God's only begotten son. Is there a parallel there? Absolutely. This is the first setup of what God was going to do later on through uh, the sacrifice of his own son. He's displaying his heart that this is going to take more than we are often willing, more, uh, not, more than we are often willing to give for us. Because that's going to be you know, one of the challenges for us when it comes to uh, offering up our, uh, our, our building up our faith is selfishness can get in the way. We begin to look at these, these trials in our lives as something that is God singling us out, right? We become selfish in it. We, be, we think that because now I'm saved that the whole world should revolve around how God answers my prayer because, come on, you know, God is trying to capture my heart. Right? He should be doing all these things to capture my heart. But God did one simple, amazing thing to capture your heart. He died for you. He sacrificed himself so that you could live and so that you can have life and you can have it more abundantly. And how do we know whether that works or not? It's through tests, through trials. Amen? So let's go to the next slide at, at the end. So let's look at the purpose of these tests. We've covered a couple of them already, but obviously the first one being to build your faith. God wants your faith to be built up. Why? Because it takes faith to please God, number one. But also, God wants you to have saving faith. Not just faith that he exists, not just faith that he is good, but he wants your heart. Why? Because that's what it's going to take. He's preparing you for the greatest test of all, which is when you stand before him on judgment day. And he wants to know, first and foremost, that your heart belongs to him. And so each step of the way, God allows these tests, these purpose of these tests, to, for us to be able to see the quality of our faith maybe even the quantity of our faith, or maybe even the lack of it. But the beauty of it is, is right now, is we are in the age or the stage of grace in our life. God has allowed you to be sitting here today to be able to hear his word and hopefully get a little bit more courage, get a little bit more understanding, get a little bit more faith, to be able to stand against the trials that he's allowing into your life to show you that he is good, 
and that he wants a hope and a future for each and every one of us. Second, they are the way that we receive God's promises and provision. We cannot re receive anything from God if we don't believe that he can provide it. And it's also to let us know whether we really believe what we think we believe. Why is that? Because trials will reveal something. They reveal very specific things about the situations that we're going through, whether they're small, medium, or large. All we got to do is look at how we react. What is the outcome of our heart when we're faced with various trials and tests in our life? Because God is always wanting us to respond in love, respond in hope, and also to respond with joy, right? Because we're going to go over some scriptures later where we hear the connection between the two. Where he says to rejoice and count it all joy when trials come and you're confronted with various things in life. And so what we want to build up today is a confidence and actually a joy that trials and tribulations are good. And I remember, you know, we had a brother in our last church um, that we went to, and he, <laughs> Cindy was, she actually, we, some of the things that we've been going through lately are, you know, they're, they're tough, but we remembered something that, uh, that this brother said. And he actually said, uh, trials, struggles, bring them on. Because I know that I'm going to get something good out of this. And we're looking at him going, are you nuts? It's bad enough they come. I don't want to ask for them, right? We don't want to just go to, you know, go to the back book table if you want to sign up for more trials and tribulations. We'll make sure that you are signed up for next week. No, right? That, that list, that sign-up sheet would be blank. <laughs> I don't, it's like I'm not going to sign up. But let me challenge you with something, though. If you knew what the outcome of those trials really was for, what the purpose was, the fact that we could pass them, maybe we would begin to sign up for them. But not in a literal way, but what I mean is sign up in our heart and saying, okay, God, I know they're going to come. I know the trials and the tribulations are going to come my way, but Lord, what do I do with them? What, what is the response you're looking from, uh, for from me? in order to be able to walk in the goodness and the blessing and the unwaveringness that we're asking for. You know, uh, again, you know, Pastor Mark talked about confidence last week. That's really what God is, is after in us, is even when faced with trials and tribulations, are you confident? Are you confident in who God is? Are you confident in what he is going to do in your life? Are you confident that he's going to bring you through that trial? Are you confident that whatever answer that he's going to provide to that trial is good enough? Amen? That's what he's after. So let's go to the next slide. And again, this is just a scripture. Uh, in this we greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, we have been distressed by various trials. So that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold. Wow. Wow. God wants you to be saved. He wants you to know him. 
but it's going to take tests. It's going to take trials in order for that proof to come out to yourself so that you know you can be confident in God's presence. Wow, that's powerful. Even though tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus. So Cindy and I have, uh, well, we, we received a puppy from our daughter. Uh, it was actually for Cindy's birthday. Well, uh, it's a German Shepherd Border Collie mix. And this thing is like the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> I kid you not. I mean, it's like you let her out of the cage and she's like... And she's biting and licking and scratching and going up like this. And it's just like, whoa. Yep, there she is. Okay. <laughs> so w we needed to figure something out because I am not going to live with this dog if it's going to be continual. I mean, I know she's a puppy. You know, it's going to pass. But we don't want to instill wrong behavior right off the bat because we want her to behave later, right, to be able to be incorporated into our home. So if you look at the picture, this was actually on uh, introduction day. We went and enrolled her in obedience school. <laughs> How many of us feel like we've been enrolled in obedience school? Okay. Maybe there's a parallel there. Okay. But if you look at the collar, we've got a, uh, it's called a slip collar that we have on her, right? And we thought we were being all, you know, dog person, you know, like, hey, they're going to, they're going to see the collar, and they're going to be like, hey, good, good going. No. We showed up, and they're like, that collar is not going to work for training. We're like, oh, okay. You're going to need something a little bit different. So if you go to the next slide. Looks scary, doesn't it? <laughs> but the reality is, is it's needed for training. It actually does not hurt the dog. I mean, you have to be very careful on how you uh, utilize the collar, obviously. But if you look, uh, the ends are flat. They're not pointy. They don't dig into the skin. But they provide just enough pressure to get the dog's attention and to keep it from doing stuff that it shouldn't be doing. Big difference. I could not believe the difference. And when we put that collar on, it was like you just pulled it. It's like, whoa. I don't like that. I'll sit right here. And just tell me what's next. And I think I'll, I'll, I'll obey, maybe. But it, it's going to take repetitiveness, right? It's going to be something that has to happen daily, day in and day out, and we're going to have to train her. But the funny thing is, is... Uh, you know, I didn't really understand the whole concept of training with treats, right? So I'm like, yeah, you're just going to want the treat all the time. That's a, well, that's a good thing. But think about how God leads us along. It is because Romans is clear. It says that because of God's goodness, we repent. It's no different than us offering that, that treat, you know? So what we have to do is we have to allow her to have a little bit of tension on the leash, and as soon as she turns around to us, we have the treat in her hand, and we go, yes, yes. And she'll come, 
grab the treat, and be like, yay, I got it right. She passed the test. Because what did she do? She turned and looked at the master. The trial caused her to turn and look at the master. That's what God is calling us to do with these trials. He's calling us to turn and look at him, to be able to trust him through the process. And through these processes, these experiences, they build on something. They build greater obedience. I want to go back to the story of Abraham real quick. Abraham, by the time he got to this test, and it's a pretty big test, right? To be able to put a knife to your son's neck. That's a test I don't think any of us want to even think about. But the reason Abraham was able to pass that test is because of every other test that went on before it. I mean, think about it. He didn't pass a lot of, you know, there were some tests he didn't pass, right? Remember when he was coming into one of the cities and, and the city official or, or ruler said, is this your wife? No, um, because I know all this bad stuff that's going to happen. I'm going to say that you're my sister, okay? Okay. No, she's my sister. Twice he did that, right? Not just once, but twice. So failing a test is not something that we have to fear because we're still under grace, amen? In fact, Benjamin Franklin was quoted as saying, I've never failed a test. I've just found 100 ways to not get it right. <laughs> That's what he said. All right, next slide. So how do we often view tests? I know we've covered a couple of them, but I just want to kind of go over a quick list, okay? Oh, where did I put them? Oh, I know what I, okay. And I'm getting, I'm, I'm going to have to close here in a second, but we're, I think we're getting where we need to be. Sorry, I'm looking at my notes and I'm trying to figure out where I'm going here. Oh, there we go, okay. So God wants us, I'm sorry, so our view of them often comes with a lot of trepidation, a lot of fear, could be fear of failure, could be we treat every test as the final exam. It could be we're tempted to give up before we actually receive the promise or the blessing that God is trying to give to us. And it could be accompanied by discouragement, guilt, shame, because we chose to disobey. We chose to not pass the test. That's how we end up viewing them. But how does God want us to view them? Let's go to the next slide. Not like that. <laughs> Who's a Calvin fan? Anybody a Calvin fan? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's how, that's how we view them. But let's go to the next slide. Oh, I forgot to put this in. This is actually kind of funny. This is actually Steve, uh, Stephen Wright. It says, if at first you don't succeed, then skydiving definitely isn't for you. <laughs> okay. 
So behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. So yes, we understand that we feel like we're there sometimes with our trials and our tests. We feel like it's an affliction. And God understands that. And he fully intends to provide for you in the midst of your affliction. So how does God want us to view them? Well, he's very specific in his word. But before we go there, I just want to cover a quick story from uh, Matthew chapter 19. We know about the rich young ruler, right? And I want to kind of use this as a quick uh, example of how not to pass the test, okay? If we remember the story, the rich young ruler, he came to Jesus and he said, what do I need to do to gain eternal life? And Jesus said to him, if you want to enter into life, he didn't say eternal life, but he said, if you want to enter into life, follow the commandments. And he said, I've done this from since I was a little boy. What else am I lacking? He said, go and sell everything that you have and then come follow me. And what did he do? He turned away and he was sad because it said he had great wealth. What did that test provide for that rich young ruler? It provided the truth. It, pre it revealed the fact that money was his idol. And that it, in that moment, it was more important to him than God. Sometimes that's what happens with us. We get our focus on things that are more important, but God's, uh, our eye, when we have it securely placed on Christ, then we're going to succeed. See, that's the whole art of repentance. The art of repentance is being able to see God's goodness and that it's worth more than anything else. And that's how God wants us to view our trials, that they are producing in us a testimony of joy, a testimony of obedience, and a testimony of being able to pass these tests when we come to them. Because God wants us to be able to display his goodness and his mercy and his faithfulness through each and every one of us. And that it's not about us. In fact, it's all about him. And when we give him the glory, when we focus our attention on him and the results are on him and the, uh, the purpose is on him, the, uh, everything gets focused on him. I know it sounds so easy, but I also know that it can be very difficult. So that's why I just... I'm going to begin to close here in a second, but I just wanted to kind of go over a couple of scriptures I think that will help us. Because in our trials, God is not trying to hurt us. Church, I want you to know that. He's not singling us out for anything that we've done wrong. But he's wanting to build our faith. But he does it very specifically, and he does it in ways that sometimes we don't understand. So let's go to the next scripture. Don't panic. Be calm. Right? When the things happen, you are in a community. Look around the room. There's people in this house that know you, that love you, that are willing to stand in the gap for you. You don't have to go through anything, any of these trials, any of these things alone. And in fact, we, when we often when we keep these things to ourselves is when we suffer the most because 
uh, we suffer in silence. We suffer in isolation. Okay, but trust me, it doesn't mean that you go talking to anybody that will listen. You go to somebody that you've already built a relationship with. Because passing a test is done through relationship. It's done in community. It's a testimony that is built up over time, just like with what happened with Abraham. You know, we're looking at, you know, he was 75, I think, when he got called, and he was about 130 when this test came. That's a long time. So don't worry. God is going to cover you, and he's going to build you up, and he's going to help you pass each and every test. In fact, his confidence in you is that you already know him, and he wants you to trust in that. So consider it all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. You need that endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Remember when Jesus answered the rich young ruler? He said, if you want to be perfect, go sell everything you have and come follow me. Next slide. For you have tried us, O God. You have refined us as silver is refined, and you brought us into the net, and you laid an oppressive burden upon, your lo uh, upon our loins. You made men ride over our heads, and we went through the fire and through the water, and yet you brought us into a place of abundance. What's on the other side of your trial? Abundance. He's trying to lead you somewhere. He's trying to bring you into that next good thing that God wants for you specifically. There's hope, and there's a future, no matter what we're going through. Next slide. So test, no test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. And all you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit, and he'll always be there to help you come through it. Next slide. So his master replied, excellent. You are good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little so I'll put you in charge of much. Come, celebrate with me. This is what it means to pass the test. So isn't it much better to be prepared for that test? Like that math test that I went through? What if I would have been actually prepared? I wouldn't have sat there for three hours. And I don't think I actually passed that test. <laughs> I think I failed it. But it's much better. Like uh, my, my interest is actually geology. I love it. And it was just something that came, you know, because I like rocks. I don't know why. Just, they just fascinate me, right? You know, all the processes that go into how they're made and all this stuff. And I was into it, you know. And it, studying that stuff was easy because it was an interest, right? So when I went into the class, I was just like, yeah, hey. But the reality is sometimes we're prepared and sometimes we're not. So be prepared. Next slide. So how can we pass them? Go ahead. Seek the Lord. Trust him. Obey him. Praise him. And finally, in James 1.12, it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Next slide. This is the last slide. And not only this,
but we also exult in our tribulations knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance proven character and proven character hope amen one last slide past <laughs> so father we just come before you today lord god and we want to thank you that you didn't design these tests or these trials in our lives to torture us or to bring us into ruin but god you've provided a way of escape for each one of us so father if there's anybody in this house today that has yet to know you with every head bowed and every eye closed father we just come before you now and maybe the aspect of trials have been a barrier for and you just want to be able to say, you know what, God, I'm going to give you a chance because maybe I believe the lie, thinking that you just have ruin for me if I don't change my life. But the reality is, is that God has something greater for you, a greater hope, a greater purpose. And that trials are just a means by which you understand where you are right now, You're the quality of your faith. So, Father, if there's anybody in this house today that needs to even begin trusting you today. I pray that they just reveal their heart this morning. And for anybody else that is looking to just surrender their old view of trials, then I can just pray with you as well. If there's anybody in here that would like to just expose that before God and just say, yep, that's me. Father, I thank you that you have provided a way of escape through your son, Jesus Christ, that his blood covers my sin, and that through that covering, I can have a way of escape with you into your goodness. But I also know that along with this life is going to come a testing of my confession. But I know that you're going to bring me through because I can trust you that I give my life to you, I repent of my old ways of thinking, and I turn to you for salvation. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And for the second group, we just lift up to you them, Father God. Lord, just bring a new change of heart, a new way of vision, a new eye to be able to see the trials as something that is actually good, that they're powerful tools that you've put into our hands to be able to answer them appropriately and with faith and with goodness and with power and knowing that even there you provide a way of escape for each one of us. And we pray this in Jesus' name.